Welcome to the Impact Church Podcast. Today, we're in the summertime playlist. This is so good. So today, I want to talk about the power of prayer. And Bruce Springsteen, he wrote a song about the power of prayer. But I'll tell you, there is power in prayer. We're going to talk about that today. And I tell you, the more you pray, the more you pray. If I could do one thing, and that is just to get you to pray more, I'm telling you, that one thing would literally change your world, and it would change the world. So come on, let's get right into that word. All right, pray. So you know what? Uh, there was a pastor and he wanted to do an illustration because sometimes you get pictures and those pictures you you learn more when you see things and there's illustrations so he thought he was going to have a physical illustration that Sunday so he had four jars and he put them up on a table up front he had one jar and it was full of alcohol in the jar of alcohol and then there's another jar and it was it was just full of all cloudy smoke and he he dropped a worm in the cloud of smoke and then there was another jar and it was full of chocolate and he dropped the worm in the chocolate. Then there was another jar that had rich, wonderful, beautiful soil. And he dropped the worm in that love, rich, beautiful soil. He preached away, preached away, preached away. And when he was done, he said, I'm going to apply the sermon now. And he opened up the jar of alcohol. And he pulled out a dead worm. And he opened up the jar with all the smoke in it. And he pulled out a dead worm. And he opened up the jar with all the rich, lovely chocolate. And there's a dead worm. But he pulled out the worm that was in the rich, beautiful soil, and the worm was thriving, and the worm was alive, and the worm was well. And so he said, what can we learn from this illustration? And from the back of the room, he heard, somebody said something. He said, well, was that you, Sister Maxine? Was that something? Dear sister, been in the church all her life, beautiful sister. I said, Sister Maxine, stand, share with us. Share with us what we've learned from that. And she said, well, pastor, what I reckon is, If you drink some of that alcohol and you do some of that smoking and you eat a bunch of that chocolate, you're never going to get worms. (laughs) May the Lord bless the telling of the story. Amen. I got my first real six string, bought it from a five and dime, played it till my fingers bled. It was a summer of 69. Me and some boys from school, loud a charm and tried real hard. Jenny quit, Jody got married, should have known we wouldn't get far. Oh, when I look back now, that summer seemed to last forever. And if I had the choice, yeah, I'd always want to be there. Those were the best years of my... Yeah, yeah. It was a summer of... Settle down. All right, so I just wanted to hitchhike off of this summer song one of my favorites, but I want you to look at that line right there. Those were the best years of my life. Those were the best years of my life. Now, I used to sing a song, a happy birthday song, and say, you know, it's going to be the best year ever. And then I stopped singing that because, you know, I don't want this year to be the best year ever. I want next year to be better than this year, and I want the year after that to be better again. So I said, it's going to be your best year yet. Because you know what? With people who serve God, love God, walk with Him, you know what your life is? You're never going to look back and say, you know, 2017, it was such a good year. Pastor, you remember back in the 60s? You remember back then? Wow, we had a move of the Spirit. Boy, it was good then. Oh, okay. 
I hate it when people, the best years are behind you. I tell you, the best years aren't behind us. The best days are in front of us. We're going from gooder to gooder, glory to glory, better to better. Amen. I mean, I, I love that song we were singing. I mean, I, I've seen cancers healed. I've seen things drop off bodies. I've seen people with withered arms totally restored. I, I had a lady with a withered arm come up in a meeting, and I, I came right from the airport. I still had my luggage with me. It was on the platform. And she came up with a withered arm for prayer, and I threw a piece of luggage at her. I said, pick it up! She looked at me funny. She said, pick it up! You know what? She went, stretched out her arm, and she picked it up. The place went crazy. We had blind eyes healed that meeting. So many miracles, so many. That was the same meeting where I was sweating buckets and I threw a handkerchief out and a lady just grabbed it. She just lunged out and grabbed it. I was talking about the anointing. I said, the anointing is tangible. I said, you can store the anointing and stuff and you can carry that anointing wherever you go. And she figured, this guy might be anointed and that sweat might be anointed. So she grabbed my sweaty handkerchief. She leaped out. And, whoo, it was like, uh, you know, it was like, uh, what was his name? Swan, Lynn Swan, Pittsburgh, <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. Got it. But she got it, and then she kept it. And then at the end of the service, she stood up, and she went, ah! Went, Sister, what's going on? She said, I've got my granddaughter with me. She was born with, with a child, uh, child, uh, childhood leukemia, and she was all jaundiced, and her eyes were all yellow. And I remembered coming in and saw the child. I went, yikes. But, you know, she turned the baby around. She was clear. Her eyes were clear. She was totally restored. I went back a year later. The child was totally healed, totally restored, totally set free. You know, boom, 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 boom. That was my best meeting ever. Now, I don't, I don't ever want to have a time where it wasn't it wonderful then. God's getting gooder and gooder and better and better. He's doing great stuff. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? In 1969, did you know that that's when uh, they landed on the moon? They landed on the moon. It was one small step for man and one giant step for mankind. Everybody over 50 got that one. Amen. Well, that's amazing. That happened in 19, 1969. It was Woodstock. How many Woodstock? How many of you were at Woodstock? Just me. Okay. So, but I mean, 400,000 kids descended on this place. Just a radical, you know, incredible time. Uh, Charles Manson murders were that summer. Ooh, that's ugly. Canada had the Official Languages Act. That's when French and English both became the languages of Canada. Here's a really important thing. I cut the Winnipeg Jest. The Winnipeg Jest. Sorry, it was the Winnipeg Jets. Sorry, when I got that mixed up. The Winnipeg Jets joined the NHL. How many of you remember the WHL? How many remember the World Hockey? How many remember the WHL? WHL hockey. Woo! Was, it was a big deal because, you know, Brett Hall went over. Not Brett Hall, but his father, Bobby Hall. But they came in. The, Mike Weir was born. Jennifer Aniston was born. JC was born. All kinds of people born. That was the summer of 69. That was what happened in 69. And that's all good, but you know what? We want to go from better to better. Proverbs 4.18 says, But the path of the righteous is like the light of the dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until the full day. You know what? And folks, how many here accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? How many know that you know what your real problem was? You had a birth problem. You were born in sin. You had a birth problem. You were born into something. You know what you needed? You needed a birth solution. And here's the beautiful thing. Jesus came and he said, You must be born again. And the beautiful thing is we are born again. We are born from above. We are born. It's an act of God. See, you had a birth problem, and Jesus came with a new birth solution. And I'm a child of God. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things passed away, and all things have become new. Amen? Any righteous people here today? 
It's right on. I tell you, I've been born anew. I've been born from above. God himself has invaded my life with his righteousness. And so here's a promise to me. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It shines brighter and brighter as we see the day approaching. Zechariah 9, 11, and 12. As for you, as for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from a waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare that I will restore double to you. You know, God is a God who is moving ahead. He's restoring. He's multiplying. He's blessing. God is a good, good God. And you should never think that it was good before. Dark days ahead. It's going to get ugly. Going to get messy. If you think that, you're not reading your Bible and you don't understand your Father. I love that song, don't you? I see glory in the nations. I see cities in full-blown revival. I see salvation in the streets. That's what I see. I see London, city of God. I see London so saturated with the goodness of God, you got to leave town to sin. I mean, it's just so full of the goodness of God. I see it's getting better and better, gooder and gooder, more glorious every day. We're not going from gory to gory. We're going from glory to glory. Strength to strength, majesty, majesty. Romans 15, 13, and the message says, Oh, may the God of green hope, the God of fresh hope, new hope, may he fill you up with joy, fill you up with peace, so that your believing lives are filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Ghost, so that you will brim over with hope. Anybody brimming with hope? Brimming with hope. I mean, not trying to get some, but I'm overflowing with hope. Uh, Same verse, it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy, not a bit of joy, but all joy and peace, in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope to wish for something with an expectation of its fulfillment. What are you wishing for? I'm believing that we're going to go into the fall and we're going to see an incredible harvest. I'm believing we're going to see souls. I mean, I was here last week and, and Rob came up and prophesied over us, but I believe that. I believe that we're going to step into a period of acceleration. We're going to step in where what took one year, what took 10 years, we're going to see it happen in one. Did anybody hear that? Hey! Who'd like to be 10 times more productive? Who'd like to see that acceleration? And then it was souls, 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 souls. How many believe in for some of that? Hey, you know, my vision is in this room full. My vision is this room full over and over again until we got to find a bigger barn over and over again until we're going to the Budweiser Center every Sunday and having a blowout. Because I see the glory of God filling the city of London. We've already checked it out. It's $26,000 for the weekend. That's not bad. And they'll take care of the sound, the lighting, the staging, and everything. So we're checking it out. Why are you checking it out? Because we're going there. Hey! I tell you, the righteous man, they shine brighter and brighter. It just, look at that. Isn't that a beautiful dawn? Well, it's going to get gooder. It's going to get brighter. It's going to get more intense. It's going to get hotter. Because that's the promise of God. Amen? We're believing. Romans 4, 6, 17, and 18, it says, In the presence of him who believed. This is Abraham. Abraham had a promise. And nothing was going on. God comes and visits him and says, Abraham, it's me, your strength, your shield, your great God. And he just went, yeah. Where's the kid? Where's my promise? God says, I'm the guy who makes it happen. Whatever. Where's the promise? And see, God spoke to him. He got in his face and he made promises to him. But here's what it says in Romans 4. It says, in the presence of God whom he believed. He believed God. His name was changed from Abram to Abraham. You know what he added to his name to change it? He added grace. 
That's what he added. He added the fifth letter of the alphabet to Abram's name. Abram, to go from Abram to Abraham, you had to put the fifth letter of the alphabet in his name. And his name went from Abram to Abraham because the fifth letter, let me pronounce the fifth letter for you. You ready? Hey! That's exactly how you pronounce the fifth letter of the alphabet. You know what it means? It's the fifth letter. What is five? It's a number of grace. He added grace to his name. The fifth letter of the alphabet. Hey! You know what it means? Come forth, creative realm. And when he began to confess that, when he was lifted up, this means he was lifted up in the presence of God. Literally, other translations say he was lifted up eye to eye with God. He got face to face, eye to eye with God. He got eye to eye with God. He believed God, and he called those things which did not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, even though in his world didn't look too hopeful, contrary to hope, in hope he believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Let me share it in the message. We call Abraham father not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was nobody. Are there any nobodies here today? You know, God is in the habit of taking people who may think they're nobody and taking you and doing something powerful in and through you. So, I mean, if you feel like you're nobody, you are a candidate for a supernatural breakthrough. Hello! And it's not because he was a saint. It's not because he did something special. In fact, Abraham's life was, you know, one disappointment after another. He didn't always make the best choices. But, you know, God used him despite that. God does what he wants because God is good. God is God. And he's going to satisfy himself in every circumstance. Verse 18, and when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. He decided to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. God's going to do stuff. He's doing big stuff. God, you know what God said? It's not my will that any should perish. God said, I'm going to bring many sons to glory. God said, I'm going to fill the earth with the knowledge of my glory. How? As the waters cover the sea. So I love that song. I see glory filling the nations. Do you see that? Just Glenn. Glenn's the only one who sees it. Glenn, you see it? I see glory filling Saudi Arabia. I see glory filling Iraq. I see glory filling Haiti. I see glory filling the nations. I see the days getting better and better, gooder and gooder, more glorious, more powerful. I see more and more sons and daughters coming into a revelation of God's goodness. So Abraham stepped over into a realm where no man had gone before. He got eye to eye with God, and he did it by faith. He got up in the face of God because God said something would happen. So Abraham believed the word of God, even though there was, gonna, there was no evidence. He was beyond childbearing. His wife was beyond childbearing. But he said, you know what? I'm going to get up face to face with God. I'm going to get eye to eye with God. I'm going to by faith agree with him even though everything looks hopeless I'm going to hope in his word over my life and I'm going to declare just like he did just like he speaks creative words I'm going to get eye to eye with God and I'm going to speak to my life and I'm going to speak a blessing over myself he got eye to eye with God stepped into a realm of creative glory a less than perfect man began to operate out of the life force just like God does a man was lifted up in the sight of God and started to do the God kind of stuff are you still here? 2 Corinthians 4, 13, yet we have the same spirit of faith. Who? You, me, we have the same spirit of faith as he who wrote, I have believed, therefore I have spoken. We too believe, therefore we speak. And he's talking in the context of when God said, let there be light. 
You see, you have your voice. You, as a, a spirit being, you have your voice can activate and bring into manifestation the promises of God. We have the same spirit of faith. What do you do with the spirit of faith? You speak. Speak. We prophesy. We declare. We call into manifestation the promises of God. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things that are not yet seen. So by faith we call in, we substantiate, and we call into manifestation what's going on. Romans 10.10 says, for with the heart, say heart, <clears throat> slap yourself in the chest there, go ahead. Heart, it's with your heart you believe. With your heart you believe. Well, how do I believe, pastor? With your heart. Your heart is the place where you get visions. I love, I love what, what you know, the little guy said, right? He says, I'm in worship, and all of a sudden I got a vision. You see, your heart is the place of believing. The heart is a believing mechanism. The heart is the place, the heart is like a massive spiritual screen where God projects a preferred future into your life. And with the heart, you begin to get visions. I got a vision of my feet being healed, and boom! the pain was gone. See, with the heart you believe and with the mouth you confess, you turn around and go, man, something happened to me, mom. I think my, heater, my feet are healed. I'm pain free. So with your heart, you get a vision. Then with your mouth, you declare the vision onto manifestation. But you see, the, the heart is the place where you get vision from God, where he speaks to you, where he projects a preferred future over your life. With the heart, you believe unto righteousness, but with the mouth you speak, confession is made unto salvation. Now, some people think, well, that's just getting born again. No, salvation isn't that event where you came to Jesus, salvation, T-I-O-N. It's a process. It's a continual thing. Every aspect of God's purpose being manifest in your life happens because that's how you did get in. That's how you were born again. That's how you engaged the promise of God. But then, boom, every part of your life, it continues. You got a vision of you being a child of God. You got a vision of Jesus who forgives your sin. You got a revelation of a Savior, and you said, be my Savior. Boom. But you know, just like I saw a vision of my feet healed. I saw a vision of this going to, I saw a vision of a breakthrough. Something that I'm hoping for. Against hope, I'm going to believe God and I'm going to call into manifestation that which we've been longing for. Do you see London flooded with the glory of God? Do you see London flooded with the glory of God? London city of God. <laughs> London, city of God. I proclaim it. I declare it. Our Friday morning prayer meetings, we're declaring that stuff. You know what? You find out, well, you know, if people got a big God or a little God in a prayer meeting. But we proclaim incredible things. We proclaim ridiculous things because God's given us visions of a redeemed, a powerful demonstration of what he's doing in our world. So the heart's your believing mechanism. You got to have a liberated spirit of faith operating on the inside of you really fast. It's coming at you really fast. Say really fast. Here it is. Here's a climate. Here's a climate. This is, this is not you got to do these things, but this is a description. Not a prescription, but a description of the spirit of faith. How do you know you're operating in a spirit of faith? How do you know? You know that because, first of all, you got a heart that's delightful. A heart that's delightful. Say delightful. Turn to your neighbor and say, get happy right now. See, when you got a spirit of faith, you're happy. You're happy. I mean, you're delightful. You're just full of joy. You're just full of the goodness of God. Isaiah 64, 5 says, you meet him who rejoices. Lord, who are you meeting with today? I'm meeting with him who rejoices. Where are you hanging out today? I'm trying to find a joyful church to spend some time. You know where the angels go on Sunday? They go to Impact Church. Any of the angels that aren't in heaven right now, they're trying to find a place where the glory is. 
They're saying, I want to be in the glory. Well, Impact Church got the glory. Let's head over there. Because it says, where does God meet? He meets with those who rejoice and does righteousness, and he remembers you in your ways. God loves to get around joyful people and a joyful crowd. Ha, ha! Ha! You know, I had a pastor once, because we used to have services where while I was preaching, people were just laughing, falling out of their chairs. We had a season, it was just a little, little, lot of manifestations, but people were overwhelmed with joy. They'd come in the church, they'd fall out, they'd lay in the aisle, roll around, and I'd just keep preaching. Sometimes I'd fall on the floor and roll around too, get back up, try to preach again. And we were having a lot of fun, I was doing my best. But I had a pastor who, who called me and he said, you know, some of our people got into one of your meetings and now on Sunday mornings they're laughing while I'm preaching and I've told them to stop it. What do you think? And I went, sure, whatever. He says, do people laugh while you're preaching? I said, they do. He said, oh, well, God honors his word above his name. Amen. I said, amen. I said, well, when Jesus preached, it says they received the word with gladness. And if you look up that word gladness, it's really, really glad. It's like, it's like an accelerated gladness. It's like, ha. People are going, I don't know what's going on. I'm really happy. I mean, I got in today. We started singing that first song. I went on a big permit. I went, I'm really, really happy. I tell you, you know where he hangs around? He hangs around with those who rejoice. Hello. He hangs around with those who rejoice. 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9, whom having not seen him, yet you love him, though you do not see him yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Let me go through that again. You ready? Say the yellow words with me. You ready? Number one, believing, rejoice, receiving. Say it again. Believing, do it again, do it again. Believing, <laughs> receiving. What do you do when you're believing for something and you're still trying to receive something? What do you do? Ha, ha, ha. That's not my idea. That's God's idea. What do you do? And it says with joy, inexpressible joy. I'll give you some joy. I'm really happy. I'm just full of God's goodness. I, but that's expressible joy. That's joy that you can understand. Here's some inexpressible joy. You ready? And it, it means intangible or, or, or in, not understood. Joy that you can't understand. I've been everywhere in the world. I've been, I've been in India, and they, when they get in joy, <laughs> you know, the joy of the Lord is the same language everywhere I go. And you know what? If you're believing for something, what do you do while you're waiting for that to come into manifestation? Between believing and receiving, what do you do? Ha, ha, ha! You know what? God is going to respond to somebody who says, you know what? I got a vision of what God wants to do in my life. He has filled my heart with an expectation. My hope is just stirred up. I'm believing for something. What does that look like? I'm believing God. Tell you, brother, I'm just believing God gonna change my circumstances. I hope I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just hanging in here, hoping God will. Um, you're, you're not getting nothing. 
Because, you know, when you really got a spirit of faith on you and you know that if God spoke it, it's finished, what are you, what are you, waiting, what are you doing over there? <laughs> what are you doing? I'm receiving my salvation. I'm receiving my promise. I'm receiving my breakthrough. I'm receiving everything God spoke over my Ha, ha, ha. And if the devil comes and says, what are you doing? Say, ha, 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 the devil. You proud, ugly thing. I laugh in your face. God sits in the heavens and he laughs and he has his enemies in derision so i tell you there's nothing better to do when you're in a tough situation than laugh number two a delightful heart a dreaming heart psalm proverbs 23 7 says for as a man thinks in his heart so he is you're moving in the direction of you are right now you are moving right now in the direction of your dominant thoughts how long is it going to be i really got to go to the bathroom how long how long is this going to take I got an appointment after this. Whatever you're thinking about, it's dominating what's going on in your world. And you know what? When you think and when you fix your thoughts on God, it says your heart is a thinker and whatever you're thinking about, your imagination is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Number three, a heart that's always determined. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God is good. I am determined that God is good. Amen? I've settled that once and for all. God is good. He only has good plans for me. He wants to give me good things. He wants me to enjoy my life. He will satisfy your life with good things. He'll satisfy you with a long, good life, not a long, broken-down life where arthritis and every other itis and his uncle-itis and rheumatitis, all that other stuff. He doesn't bless you with an attack. He doesn't just keep you alive for a long time. I'm still living. No, satisfy you with a good, long life. I mean, he's a good God. He, and I'm determined. I'm, deter, I'm, de, I'm determined. My God is good. Amen. A heart that's determined. A heart that's decisive. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Man, I tell you, pick up your foot. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Ooh, ammo. He's going to bring it down in pleasant places. If you're standing still, pick up your foot. Pick up your foot, start moving, I tell you, because he delights in your steps. When you step towards something, if he puts something on your heart, go, oh, Lord, please do something, do something. Pick up your foot, and you pick up your foot. He delights in your steps, and he's going to bring it down in a pleasant place. God is going to act for you. Be decisive. God's leading me in pleasant places. Things have fallen for me in pleasant places. He's doing great things in my life, so get going. Number five, how are we doing? Number five, a heart that is demanding. Heart that is demanding. Ask of me, and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. You know what? you got to ask. And the word ask, literally, look at it. The word ask, look at it in the original language. It means command me. Use your words to command me. God is ready. He says too many people don't have because they don't ask. I mean, ask God. You know, the, it, it's not unanswered prayer that's the real dilemma in the world today. It's unoffered prayer is the real problem. Because you get asking with God, you partner with him, he's going to do it. He will get up. He talked about you got a, a, a folks come and visit, it's late at night, you got no bread, go knock on your neighbor's door, give me bread, give me bread. You know, he's not going to come up out because he you know, wants to give you bread, but he's going to come out because of your persistence. Now, God's not saying you got to be persistent with me because I'm reluctant. God says, come boldly, come with persistence, knowing that God is ready to act in your behalf. Isaiah 45, 11, and concerning the work of my hands, this is God saying to you, concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. Command ye me. Command ye me. 
John 15, verse 7, right? Or Yeah, John 15, verse 7. You abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. Ask, command whatever you will. Call into manifestation whatever you will, and it shall be done for you by my Father in heaven. We got to get demanding. We got to get decisive. We got to get delightful. We got to get all that stuff going on. Number six, a heart that's always declaring. I mean, I love David. David, never go after your promise with your mouth shut. Run after your promise with your mouth wide open. David said, he said, what are you, kid? You can't do anything about this great big Goliath. What are you doing? He says, man, I killed the lion. I killed the bear. I'm going to kill him. And then when it was time to go get him, he ran at him with a slingshot and five stones. He ran at a giant, and he ran with his mouth wide open. He says, Goliath was like, ha, 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 you said to the kid, David's like, you uncircumcised Philistine, whoa, whoa, whap. Said, you're going to fall, I'm going to chop off your head. He proclaimed, he prophesied over his future, and he called into manifestation the victory of God. See, David had a vision of that guy being wiped out. You mock my God, I'm going to destroy you. And see, never, always declare, declare, declare. Your servant killed the bear, killed the lion. I'm going to kill this guy. Job 22, 28, you, say you. Point to your neighbor, say you. Point to your other neighbor, say you. Say, yeah, you. All right, you will declare a thing and it will be established for you so light will shine on your ways. You will declare a thing. Who's going to declare it? You are. You are. So get declaring. Number seven. Stay with me. There's only 24. So. A heart that is daring. A heart that is daring. First, Second Samuel 23, 11. And after him was Shama. Say Shama. Shama's name means ruin or desolation. Imagine naming your kid ruin or desolation. Desolation. Come on in for some more craft dinner. Hello. Now, it's really sad because his father's name was Agi, which means I shall increase. And he came from a, a group of people, the Hararites, who were mountain dwellers. So we got a mountain dweller. His name is... Harar, I shall increase. Come here. Yes, bring your son. Ruin and desolation. <laughs> Something happened in a generation there where people lost their hope. And you know what would happen is they would, they would plant their crops and they would plant everything and take care of their crops. And then the Philistines, as soon as everything was ready to harvest, the Philistines came down and took all their crops. Happened year after year after year, year after year. The Philistines gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines, but Shama, but Shama, but Shama took his stand. Shama said, you know what? I'm sick of being called ruin and desolation. I'm sick of this being my declared future. We took care of this field. We planted this field. This harvest is mine. I'm not going to let the enemy chase me from it again. So Shama stood in his field. Ah, London, it's getting bad. It's a terrible city. God, get us out of here. Today's going to hell in a handbasket. Every year it gets worse and worse in this city. But you know what? I'm done with that. We got to step into the better and better for the city of London. This is our field that we have sown into. I've sown into this field for over 33 years. I've given everything. I've sown financially. We've poured our hearts into the city for 33 years. I'm not going to run away from my harvest. I'm going to stand in my field in the name of Jesus. And you know what? Here's one guy. 
one guy, and there's, and you know, in that time, nobody had swords in Israel. So I don't know what he had in his hand. He had some kind of farm piece of equipment, and he's standing there with some hedge trimmers, and he's like, bring it, because I'm not leaving again. I'm not running away from my destiny. I'm not walking away from my harvest. I'm not walking away from the promise of God. I don't care if all the rest of you want to run to the hills. I'm going to eat these things. I planted these things. I'm going to enjoy these things. And Shama stood his ground. What are you shouting about? I don't know. I just like to sometimes. Uh, he, look at what I, no, don't go there. Go back. With, thank you very much. That's not even in my slides. Are you calling me a donkey? No, it is. He took his stand in the middle of the field, and he defended, and he struck the Philistines down. Now, look at this. Look at this. You ready? And the Lord brought about a great victory that day. If the Lord is going to do something powerful in your world, in your personal world, in our corporate world, in our city, it's going to take some shamas to stand up and say, not they were the best years of my life, but these are the best days of my life. And they're going to get gooder, and they're going to get better, and we're going to see the city brought into the kingdom of God. We're going to make sure that no one in this city goes to hell, not on our watch. We're going to see a harvest in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we're going to see sickness go. We're going to see brokenness go. I love that we sang that song. We're going to see mental disorders gone. We're going to see uh, people who are stuck in uh, addictions gone. We're going to see people who need healing, people who need miracles, blind eyes open, cancers dropping off of bodies. Do you see that? I'm going to stand in my field, and I'm not going to walk away from the promise of God in my life, but I'm going to stand here because God is going to win a great victory for us. Can I get an amen? All right, you can give me the next slide. You can give me the next slide. All right, there you go. All right, shake it off and step up. Shake it off and step up. Shake it off and step up. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. I've been going through a difficult time. I just feel like dirt been thrown on me. I've been going through hardship. I mean, it's been tough. It's just one thing after another, one obstacle after another. It's struggle, the struggle, the struggle. Or there was a donkey fell into a, 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 a well that had been abandoned, abandoned well. A donkey fell in the well. They did everything they could to try to get that donkey out. They tried and they tried and they tried and the farmer was like, man, I like this donkey. But they finally said, we can hardly take it. And the donkey was like, you know what I mean? He said, I, I, I just can't take the sound anymore. I can't take it. We can't get him out and I can't take the sound anymore. So he said, I feel terrible about it, but you know what? I'm going to have to bury him in the well. So he got a big mound of dirt and he started shoveling the dirt in the well. All of a sudden the donkey's down there. And the donkey's going, what's this dirt falling on my head? What's going on here? But here's what the donkey saw. What a great opportunity. Shake it off and step up. Shake it off and step up. You know what? He kept shaking it off and step up until all of a sudden the farmer, he's throwing dirt in the well and all of a sudden there's a donkey face to face going, thank you so much. Shake it off and step up. Shake it off and step up. Shake it off and step up. Well, you know what? That's easy sometimes when life's going good. But you know what? Sometimes life ain't going good. Well, what's your word to me, pastor? Same word. Shake it off and step up. Shake it off and step up. 
1969 wasn't the best year of my life. It wasn't the best year of your life. Most of you weren't even born yet. You don't want to go back there. Our best days are ahead as a people, as individuals. God's doing something incredible with us. And that's not my word or even my good intentions. That's the word of the Lord. Amen. And I tell you, if you got something going on or some dirt being thrown on you, shake it off and step up. Because you know, you're going to come out of that. You're going to come out of every circumstance. God will be faithful to his promises over your life, over your marriage, over your health, over whatever's going on, over your desires. God is going to do it. But I want you to start to operate. I want you baptized today in the spirit of faith where you see a preferred future, where you confess a preferred future, where you prophesy a preferred future, where all that's coming out of your mouth is, ha, 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 the devil. Because my dreams are coming into manifestation because he delights in my path. He delights, and I'm going to pick up my foot, and he's going to bring it down in pleasant places. Can I get another amen? Yeah. Come on, stand up.